Welcome to Human Resources, a podcast exploring some of the difficult, uplifting moments we face in the process of being a person. Each episode asks a question that seems too simple to ask, such as, are we good at making mistakes or what is a real friend? My name's Hannah Jane Walker. I'm a theatre maker and a poet, and I'm really glad that you made it here. And I hope that you enjoy this space. This podcast was funded by Arts Council England. I hold my breath under my breath. A waste of breath. With your dying breath, breathe. In the same breath, you take my breath away with every breath. A breath of fresh air in the next breath, out of breath. Have a bit of, have a bit of a breather. Get your breath back. Have a bit of a breather with bated breath. Twenty-three thousand times a day. That is how many times you do it, mainly without really thinking very much about it. That's that's about sixteen times a minute, nine hundred and sixty times an hour, eight million four hundred nine thousand six hundred times a year, approximately. Scenario one. It's like COVID 19s just giving us all a little bit of a breather, isn't it? I mean, you know, from the normal pace of life, it's nice. It's nice to have a pause. It's nice. It's nice to have a breather. You are on a nice run. And you decide to stop, you know, for a breather. And you let the rhythm of your breath fall back to itself. You shuffle the song on your iPhone. You tip your neck back to get some more air in. Oh, look, a cloud, the shape of a wolf. I like wolves. Wish we had more wild wolves here. You carry on running. Scenario two. You are on a nice run through some woods to your house where you can stop running and get in the shower and change into some different clothes. Behind you, the woods are beautiful, a little bit too dark in places. You hear the sound of snapping twigs. What's What's that? Oh, it's, you know, it's probably a squirrel. More snapping twigs. No. No, that, no, that's not, it's not a squirrel. That's a wolf. 
Oh. A wolf. You didn't know wolves could actually live in the woods wild around here, did you? Um, It's pointing in your direction. Its eyes are very sure of you. Your breathing gets very shallow and very fast. Your pupils dilate. You turn around to carry on running much, much faster than before. And you're quite close to your house. Your house has a door. Doors are really good for keeping things out, aren't they? Great for keeping wolves out. You go inside, you shut the door and you lock it. Take a shower. You get into some different clothes. With a towel around your neck, you sit down on the end of your bed to dry your hair. What's... What's that noise on the stairs? Wolf is in the house. You hide. Like like when you were little, you get underneath the duvet and you stay very, very, very still. It's in the room. And you know that it knows exactly where you are. So when you experience something that is frightening or puts you in danger for your life your body releases a hormone called adrenaline and the adrenaline will course through your system and it causes your blood pressure to go up and your heart rate to increase and it diverts all your blood from your guts out to your big muscles so that you can run away and climb tr- mm. and cr- climb trees and really just survive survival mode in order to support that, your, your muscles are going to need more oxygen. And so your airways, your breathing gets faster and shallower in order to bring in more oxygen. That is uh, Pippa Weeble. She is a GP and a professional breathwork practitioner. She's on the executive team for the International Breathwork Foundation. This is essentially you know, your body's response to a frightening stimulus. So... It evolved in order to make sure that we survived hungry tigers. I mean, I think living in fear as we are currently and whether or not you feel afraid, everybody at the moment is is in a state of vigilance. So our coordination, our language, our... Um, our vision, our everything that we experience around the world, is 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 not being prioritised in that situation. It's literally just I have to get somewhere safe, and our physical body prepares for that. So when we're under chronic stress like we are now in the twenty first century, that means that our systems are running in that space of stress and anxiety most of the time. Mm. And, you know, I, I've certainly experienced myself, um, you know, looking at something on Facebook and my heart starting to race and my breathing becoming shallow and that sense of that feeling of overwhelm coming. 
you know, the issue is if you're not running away from a hungry tiger and you're actually sitting in your home um, and you start to have this adrenaline response, unless you are moving your muscles, then you are going to the way that way of breathing, that short, fast, shallow hyperventilation is going to cause you to feel dizzy, to feel tingly around your mouth, to feel really disoriented and uncomfortable um, and unwell. And it's also going to make you feel very emotional because human beings cannot breathe in that way for a long period of time when they're just sitting down doing nothing. One of the ways out of that uh, automatic vigilance circuit that Pippa just described is to deliberately change the rhythm and and there's loads of ways to do that and one of those is to deliberately hyperventilate so I thought that we could just do that together. I'm going to give you an image of what it is we are aiming for. You might have seen this on YouTube. It's it's an experiment. Um, you can try it if you want. You drop a mint into a bottle of Coca-Cola. And what happens is that it foams up out of the top in a great geezer, straight up into the air. It can go up to like, you know, 16 feet. So let's begin. Push it all out. <sighs> like that. All of the old air and slump down. Old scarecrow. Move your head from side to side. No, much quicker than that, quicker than that. And start shopping for air with your face. Shop, 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 shop. Get some blue air in, pink air, green air, all that unicorn air. Just put it in your mouth in big, big bits. Now breathe out straight away. Like trying to blow out a birthday cake on fire far too near the curtains. And repeat. Shop air in, fire cake out. Shop air in, cake out. Shop air in, cake out. Now keep going with that. Keep going with that. Try and make a pentagram out of your collarbones and your hips. Kind of force them down and together like that. Yeah. Now shop air in, cake out. Shop air in, cake out. You're doing really great. You're doing so great that I think you're ready to go to the next level. So shop air in, cake out. Keep going. Shop air in, cake out. Now kneel down. Kneel down in front of yourself. Shop air in, cake out. Shop air in, cake out. Shop air in, cake out. Now place your forehead on the floor. Yeah, like a tipped up front room. All of the pictures slide from the mantelpiece. To the inside of your buttocks, say, hi, reptile. Hi. Hi there, scared clown. Kettle wisp, keep going. Shop bear in, cake out. Shop bear in, cake out. Now flip onto your back and rip evidence, rip evidence, rip evidence. Shop bear in, cake out. Shop bear in, cake out. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Now twitch open your back shutters, twitch them open and hold your breath. Keep holding it. Hold it. It's like a Game Boy with decreasing battery function and a flickering screen. Keep holding it. Holding it. Holding it. And release. You should, at this point, experience a 16-foot mint Coca-Cola geyser explosion. Some people call this 
a cosmic orgasm. A ring of salmon pink seats folding up and folding down on repeat. How are you feeling? How's your breathing? You feeling good? How's your breathing now? Does it affect you at all if I talk to you about your breathing while you're breathing? Does it? Does it feel like you you can't quite breathe properly now? Like, you know, you're not really quite sure how you did it normally before uh, without without even noticing. It's not only the lungs, it's the brain that are very important in normal breathing. Because actually breathing is controlled from the brain. That's... Dr. Sarah Booth, she founded the Breathlessness Intervention Service at Addenbrooke's Hospital. Now, we're all aware that we can breathe and talk, we can breathe and eat, and we don't need to think about that. And that's because in an area of the brain called the brain stem, there's a, a, a breathing control centre. So the rate and rhythm of our breathing is generated there. And that is all the time using signals that come back from other parts of the body. So, for example, something called a chemoreceptor is noticing and sending back a signal to say how much oxygen is in the blood and how much carbon dioxide is in the blood. Then there's lots of other receptors all around our heart, our lungs and even our great vessels saying how hard the muscles are moving, uh, how taut or how relaxed um, the tissue in our lungs is, what, uh, whether our vessels are dilated or constricted, uh, because all of this is important information for the breathing centre to know of how fast or how hard it needs to make our lungs work. It's, it's the control room, the centre of of the maths it follows what you feel i know this really great poet called ross sutherland a couple of years ago i i actually nearly killed ross with a cat a cat called maud who after nearly killing ross left home to live in the old conservative club ross was in town doing a gig and he stayed in our spare room and uh, while we were folding out the sofa bed, what happened was that the cat scratched Ross. I saw Ross take some medicine and, and go to bed. Ross is asthmatic. And what happened was that he, he had an allergic reaction in the middle of the night and, and he didn't wake me up. Instead, he, he left the house and he practically crawled to the street sign to get an address for an ambulance, which came and they treated him on the pavement. I was like really struggling. I had like just almost no breath left at all. Just a kind of thimble's worth of kind of like breath coming in and out. Ross knows. Ross knows quite a lot about how to live with your breath being something to manage as an ongoing challenge. Ross made it really clear when we were speaking that he recommends always seeking medical assistance. But he says that there's also some things that have been quite useful to him. 
and that one of those is something called say pass breathing. It's a breathing technique introduced by a French psychologist called Emmanuel Coet. The technique is quite simple. As you breathe out, you say the word. It is passing. It is passing. And um, in French, I think that's even better, uh, ça passe, because it almost becomes just like the sound of breath. It's very easy to say. So, let's try it. Exhale. Well, inhale first. Exhale. And try it. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. It is passing. It doesn't try to define things in terms of solid nouns and objects. You're not saying, I am great. I am amazing. I feel fine, right? It doesn't have those kind of like definitive, declarative statements that kind of pause time because that's not true. You can't be having an asthma attack and saying, uh, like, my breath feels great. Like, it doesn't work like that. But what you can do is kind of comment on the fact that your situation is constantly changing. And I think like acknowledging time passing, acknowledging this idea that like we are all in this time stream and that um, the situation is constantly like evolving is, ju- yeah, is just really, really great for, um, for not feeling trapped. And I think that's the, th- that's the, the thing you're really trying to avoid um, with asthma is this idea of feeling like you're in a box that's getting kind of smaller and smaller. A box getting smaller and smaller. Or under a duvet with a wolf. Even for those of us who, you know, don't normally have breath issues, that is where we are. There are so many things that we can't control right now. It's a, it's a stress holding position. Breathing is essentially behavior. The way that we breathe as, as human beings, as children, and then as adults moving forward is deeply impacted by the experiences that we've had. It's a, it's a learned pattern. And the great thing about that is you can change it. It's as simple as changing your mind. If we all understood that that taking three breaths well could change could change everything about what is happening in any moment, you know, it could change how I respond to that email. It could change how I react to what's happening in the room in front of me. It, you know, it could completely change my child having a tantrum to my child having an emo- having an emotional. Um, connection with me you know it's 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 so important and so tangible we can completely transform everything about our day and everything about our lives by by learning and mastering this 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 awareness can I ask you a personal question sure just come to mind it wasn't on my list of questions 
Um, I've noticed since we've been in lockdown, um, like I feel very lucky. I've got a very good set of circumstances. I'm at home. My partner's at home as well. We've got a little one mm. and it's we're sort of in rhythm. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Um, but apparently when the little one goes to bed, she's she's taking it really well. But there have been some rough days, like, but still feel very lucky in comparison to a lot of people. Um, apparently I've been doing this weird kind of breath, which actually... When I think about it, I haven't done outside of this time, mm-hmm. um, which is that it's a sort of weird, shuddery sigh out. Yeah. I'll go. And my partner goes, what's wrong? And I go, nothing. <laughs> and he goes, uh, what does that mean? And I, I I'm just breathing. <laughs> and um, but it does feel like a shifting of states or something. And I'm just wondering if you know what that mean yeah probably I can I can I can infer what I think that means mm-hmm. um so a big sigh usually comes after a bit of a hold um so it's likely that in order to hold down your feelings as you try and move her through her bedtime routine and whatever's happening for her you know, you you have by necessity had to just hold down whatever was happening in your body, and so often we will stop breathing, we and we will actually tighten. If you put your hand just under the bottom of your ribs, you'll feel there's a tight place there, and often we just tighten there and just hold on until it's like gritting your teeth and getting it done. Um, and and when when the moment is over, then we can have a big sigh. And actually release that holding. You know, if if an animal were being were being chased, it would go through a trauma. It works, it works really hard, it runs away. And when the trauma is over, then if you actually watch them, it will it will shake its body. Mm. And it will shake it, it will do those shuddery breaths. And it's just really it's it's actually emotional tension release. Three hundred and fifty years ago, there was this man called Christian Huygens. He was a Dutch physicist. I imagine that he lived in a house that was panelled with lots of dark wood somewhere near some actual woods. And what he did was that he invented the pendulum clock. I imagine that he had loads of these clocks in lots of different rooms all around the house, but in one room in particular, in his in his bedroom. Now, he got ill one spring and on his sick bed he had quite a lot of time to look at things. Um, he used to ask his servants to set the clock pendulums going at different times. He noticed that no matter what time or angle he set the pendulums going, his clocks always synced up exactly in time with each other but going in the opposite direction. He gave this phenomenon a name. He called it an odd kind of sympathy. In the north of Iceland is a very cold place called Leganes. 
It has black sand and sharp rocks and ice sheets like planed crystal, like, like glass or like breath. It has proper ice water. Like if you put your foot in it, it feels like it is on fire. I'm standing in front of a low land edge in a swimming costume. There are seabirds and mollusks and waves like myths. In front of me is a man called Wim Hof in blue swim shorts, chest, a tuned barrel organ. In, he commands. My arm pushes out to the left moving the air with a flat palm. Out, he commands. Arm pushes out to the right, moving the air with a flat palm. In, he commands. Arm pushes out to the left, moving air with a flat palm. Out, he commands. Arm pushes right, moving air with a flat palm. We are nearly ready to go into the water, he says to the group. You have come a long distance. The autonomic nervous system, the endocrine system, the lymphatic system, the immune system, the vascular system, inflammation, autoimmune disease, digestion. Pull the oxygen in, change those cell structures, change them, now move the air. Left, right, left, Right, left, right now, go! He nods to us each in turn. Go! 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 We leap. Let go. Pause. There you go. Receive. Be. Release. Peace. clock pendulums and for a long time people just you know they couldn't really figure out why they why they synced well you know we know what that is now it's it's waves 
of sound. It's actually an energy transfer. It's it's a bit like a Mexican wave. One is telling the other one to move, and it does. And eventually, they they synchronize. Tick tock, like a clock, until you find my scent. No matter, no matter how difficult we might be finding today, you know, this minute, this hour, this too shall pass. You know, and there will be good times, and those will pass, and there'll be bad times, and those will pass. When this recording's finished, there's something that I would really like it if you if if you did go to your kitchen and you know just. Find something with a lid, you know, it could be Tupperware or jam jar, whatever you like. Um, but when you've got that, here's some guidance notes. So open that container and hold it to your your mouth and breathe out into it and quickly put on the lid. <laughs> label that. Put a label on it, maybe something like a breath during a time of breathlessness. But right now, go to a window in your house and open it. Look out. Out there are houses with wolves and um, people under duvets. You're so vigilant. You're so vigilant there in your holding position, waiting to exhale for the wolf to move on. But we don't know how long that's going to be. Put your hand on your chest. The control room. Centre of maths. It follows what you feel. That control room. Those two tireless technicians carrying cables. Those salmon pink theatre seats folding and unfolding. Push out. Pull in. Push out. Pull in. Each of those mouthfuls contains atoms of the last living T-Rex of Julius Caesar of Marilyn Monroe push out pull in push out pull in send someone something 
an odd kind of sympathy, a, a wave through a wall, across a distance, conspire. Maybe. In another room, in another house, someone will synchronise. Maybe across the street, a rhythm will begin. And then a string. In a whole town, to the next city. Until this is finished. There's nothing but the air to guide you. the air to guide you.